Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. It's not gambling advice, but I'm fired up. Colby, today we are talking top 10 fantasy catchers in baseball, along with, of course, our top 30, because we can't just limit you to 10. We also have to go over our Super Bowl bets, because you and I, on episode one, we gave out like five props, spread, money line, coin toss, national anthem, the whole nine yards, so we got to go over it. But first, the Rams won 23-20. to They are Super Bowl champions. My freaking Rams, the team that I've been saying is the best all season. But before we get into anything, Colby... What's up, man? How are you? What's up, dude? What a great Super Bowl. What a what a fantastic Super Bowl, especially for you. I'm glad you got one because we beat you the first go around. I'm a Patriots fan myself. We got you in that first one. What was the score of that one, Pete? 13 to 3? 13 to 3? Yeah, it was, dude, I lost a horrible teaser. A horrible teaser. One of the worst bets I've ever lost. I, you know, I I got the Rams all the way to plus something, so that was fine. Got them to plus 13 or something crazy. And then I had the over like 36 or something ridiculous. And I was like, this is the We didn't even break 20. I'm I'm coming away with so much money. (laughs) And yet we came away with 16. So if you bet over 16 and a half, you literally would have lost. That was a Super Bowl that that after it ended, I was like, you know what? Patriots won, but that was kind of terrible. (laughs) Like, what was that? Not that that fun. Um, And I was actually... I was in Italy then, too, okay. so we were watching at, like, 4 in the morning. Yep. I don't even remember yep. what we were yep. doing, but it was crazy late. Yeah, yeah, I went through that with uh, the Chiefs, Niners, in Spain. But uh, but anyways, yeah, my bets, I did not come out on top necessarily. I went 3-4 and four in my, you know, actual plays we put on the pod. Um, Cooper Cup just missed the, re- the reception total. I bet overtime at plus 1,000, and going into that final drive, Rams score to go up 23-20 with a minute, less than a minute 30 left. I'm thinking, okay, I'm turning to my dad. We're, we're in it. We're in it. We can go to overtime here. Jamar Chase goes up the sideline 20 yards. They're at the 50. It's second and one. Second and one. There's plenty of time to, to score a field goal, fourth and one turnover. It is what it is. Um but overall, three and four, I did live bet the Rams a couple times, so I did come out close to even, um, but three and four. Yep. That's all that matters. I was up 4.7 units on Sunday. We had a very good Sunday. If we're talking about the Joe Burrow under 11.5 rushing yards, that prop hit. My only loss is, yeah, the Cooper Cup over 28.5 longest reception. That did not hit. His longest was 22. They just put a blanket over him all day, and yet he still won the Super Bowl MVP, which I did give out as one of my official props. I was that confident in it. It wasn't just a regular play. I put it as one of my official props on my Twitter, at PeterApple23. 
So that was a plus 600 hit. But the rest of them, you know, Kevin Huber, also over 52 and a half yards longest punt. He got a 54-yarder, Colby. Come on. I got to say, Pete, I think our overall we we didn't do great on our props, but I think our sharpest plays came out really well, right? The 23 and a half under jersey number first touchdown. I was heavy on that as one of my sharpest plays. That hit. Your punter play, which was super sharp, <laughs> that hit. So, like, you know, you got to give and take. But we didn't hit on Ram spread. We both gave out Ram spread, but we also gave out the under 24 in the first half, under 23 and a half some places, under 24 and a half some places, and every single place it hit because it finished 13 to 10 with an extra, extra, or a missed extra point, which was kind of amazing, but also not good for our first half Bad spread, beat on the which minus pushed four. was at yeah. three. And then, of course, Rams win 23-20, and we didn't end up hitting it but i think overall a solid day for my props up 4.7 units were you also on cooper cup to win super bowl mvp i i kind of stayed away from super bowl mvp uh he was one of the guys i did give out i gave out him and obj um and obj actually had an amazing game before going down with that injury um but yeah no i didn't give that out officially i was really on that overtime but you know what you said it was a lock blue gatorade blue gatorade yep blue Blue Gatorade. gatorade That did hit. But we I also think that was both, plus four hundred. But we also that was no, I think it was plus six hundred, and we were also, and we were also, but we were off on the coin toss. We both said tails. It fails. It does fail. But you know <laughs> what? I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the way the NFL season went for you. Um, I didn't track my plays the whole year, but just a really good end of the NFL season. Great playoffs. Great Super Bowl, and just super excited whenever we can bet on baseball again. Um, that's going to be a really, really fun time because I think we're going to have a lot of success there. And for everyone stumbling upon upon this podcast, maybe you don't exactly know who we are, but I am Peter Apple. That is Colby Olson, and I got my start on TikTok making three picks a day for the MLB. We ended up that season up plus 15.67 units. I ended the NFL season plus 13.7 units. And I've given out some NCAA football plays, some NCAA basketball plays, and some NBA plays. Those, not as hot. Plus 0.8 units in college football, down 3.2 units in college basketball, and down 2.2 units in the NBA. So it's clear, Colby, that you and I should stick to football and baseball, where we win more often than we lose. The other ones, not as much. College basketball is tough because yeah. there's just so many teams, so many teams to keep up with, and and unless you have a really good betting model, which is, uh, I will say, college basketball is is you know usually the best sport to bet on because there's a lot of sharp plays that you can get a sharp action on these mid majors that nobody's heard of, um, but you can get good action there, but it's tough. Absolutely, and Mar- when March Madness comes up, we will be doing some March Madness se- segments, giving you the best bets for. March Madness, the college basketball tournament. So, Colby, let's stop talking about football. Let's stop talking about other sports because we are also fantasy baseball focused. And today, folks, we are bringing you our top 10 fantasy catchers for 2022. But first, let's go through 30 to 10. Go through uh, maybe a couple things who you really like. And I'll just start out with number 30 is Gabriel Moreno the catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. He's a young up-and-comer. We aren't exactly sure how much he might play, but we know the dude has crazy talent. Yeah, let's just go through 30 to 10 real quick. I would just list them out, and then let's save uh, a couple guys that we each like out of those to break into the top 10 this season. 
Um, I love that for idea. The end. Sometimes Let's do that. Sometimes sometimes we figure out how we're going to do this on the fly. Gabriel Moreno is number thirty. MJ Melendez of the Kansas City Royals is number twenty nine. We have Jacob Stallings. Um, Jonah Heim is number twenty seven. Eric Hassey, Luis Torrens, Yadier Molina, Joey Bart, Christian Vasquez, Max Stassi, Mike Zunino, Austin Nola, Danny Jansen, Elias Diaz, Omar Narvaez, Carson Kelly, Sean Murphy, Gary Sanchez, Alejandro Kirk. Travis Darno then rounds out the 30 to 11 because we have to break into number 10. So I just started with Gabriel Moreno as a guy who could have the talent of a top 10 catcher in baseball, but just most likely will not get as much playing time as we hope, similar to MJ Melendez. Yep, yep, spot on there. Um, yeah, going over, there's a lot of rookie catchers that are going to be coming up. Um, and Mourinho could absolutely produce top 10 talent once he's up, but yeah, that could be late summer, um, maybe earlier, but probably late summer we're going to see him. Melendez might be up earlier um, just because they can do a lot of different things with him, Prado, and Salvi because they can do the DH, first base, third base even for Melendez, I've heard rumored. So he'll probably start the year in AAA for a couple months and then go to the bigs. Absolutely. And there's there's a lot of good names on this list. Um, and, and But that's how we ranked them. For example, I know um, in terms of fantasy baseball, um, Yadier Molina is a guy who doesn't check all the boxes in terms of fantasy, but is still one of the better catchers in baseball. Um, guys like Jonah Heim, you may like him better as a framer. We don't really like him as a fantasy baseball player as much because remember with 5x5, five five, we are going with home runs, average, RBI, run, and stolen bases. So that's how we ranked these guys. Who out of this group do you think could possibly make the jump to the top 10 if everything were to work according to their plans? The guy for me, so I, I think a lot of these guys have limited ceilings, like a Christian Vasquez or, you know, Jonah Heim, for example, right? You just mentioned him. What is his ceiling? Like, realistically, his ceiling is like 250. Maybe he hits 12 to 15 bombs. Maybe he hits maybe. 50 RBIs and runs. The guy that has the the biggest ceiling out of this group is Eric Hasse. I think it's Hasse. That We might be butchering that. that there's a shot. Um, <laughs> Eric Hasse of the Detroit Tigers. And his average draft position currently sits at 300. So you're getting him, um, you know, in a 10-team league round 30 or, you know, in a 12-team or, you know, back half, 25th round, right? Um, and his slash line last year, 231, 22 home runs, 48 runs, 61 RBIs. And for a guy with 20 grade speed, he had two stolen bags, which is pretty, pretty insane. Um, we'll and you. that was in. So he hit 22 bombs and 381 plate appearances. Um, something that really helps him is he plays catcher and outfield, which allows him to play more. So if he's not behind the dish, he can head out to, to right or left field. Um, and his 47% hard hit rate is well above average, which, you know, if this guy gets 400 to 450 plate appearances, which he very well could, um, I could see him hitting, you know, 25 bombs on the on the upper end at 250, 25 bombs. And, you know, he could drive, on, drive in 70, 75 RBIs, which for a 380p, you're not getting that anywhere else. Um, I agree. He definitely has some upside. There's, It's funny. This is a guy who, you know, gets a lot of hate, but a guy like Gary Sanchez could definitely go off. 
He could hit you 30 bombs. He could. He's had seasons where he's hitting in the 260 range, and we know the RBIs and the runs that are going to come from Gary Sanchez. He's not going to steal you a single bag. I mean, that's clear. But Gary Sanchez is a guy that, if he stays healthy, can actually finally just figure out how to put it together over a consistent season like he's done in the past but just has not done it recently. I mean, we're looking at one of the best hitters at, a, at the catching position that there is, but right now we have him ranked number 13 because yeah. there are a lot of question marks with his bat. Um, how how long is the leash that the Yankees are going to give him is another question. You know, how many more years of Gary Sanchez doing Gary Sanchez-type things are they going to allow? That's the question. But if he does put together a solid season, he vaults right back up into the top five. So depending on where he's getting drafted, I don't think that's a bad so, pick if you want to wait yeah, on Yeah, so, so going into average draft position, Gary's at 250. And, and if you look, um, you know, even Christian Vasquez is being drafted ahead of Gary. I'd much rather have a Gary than, than a Christian Vasquez because Absolutely. the upside is so big there. I don't think the upside with Christian Vasquez is, is really that high. And that's coming from a Red Sox fan. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's the important part because you have the ADPs loaded up. So I'm sure who, when you check out our rankings, when you look at our rankings, who is getting drafted just way too high and who is getting drafted a little bit too low? I think it's the perfect one you started off was that Christian Vasquez is getting drafted above Gary Sanchez. If you are in that same boat, Go with Gary Sanchez because if you're waiting for a catcher, you want a boomer bust candidate. There's a plenty of options that will most likely fill what a Christian Vasquez could fill in. Yeah, so Christian Vasquez is being drafted as catcher 12 right now. And what do we have him too ranked high. at? 20? Yeah, too high. 22? We have him ranked. I mean, yeah, 22. Um, so, yeah, that that's pretty shocking to me. Um, but, yeah, another guy that I, you know, I'm not like super high, but I think could. Uh, could have a solid season for you if you're just like kind of lost at the end of a draft is Max Stassi uh, for the yeah. for the Angels. I think he's um, he's a solid contributor and has, you know, had two like pretty, pretty solid seasons around 250, 260. Doesn't hit the ball super hard, but I think he could he could get you close to 20 home runs and the Angels lineup is pretty decent. So. And I want to hear your opinion on the, just the catcher position because you'll be able to read our full top 30 on JustBaseball.com so you can see the rankings in front of you with some of our write-ups as well. Um, but before we get into our top 10, I personally wait on catchers. I wait on catchers. That's not a position I'm jumping at first unless I get crazy value with one of the top guys. Will Smith is a guy who I'm definitely targeting who you will hear in our top 10. Unless I can get them low in drafts, I'm not biting. And more often than not, you're not going to be able to. So I always tend to wait, you know, to the 10 to 13 range. Let everyone kind of get a catcher. Similar to how let everyone get a quarterback in fantasy football. How do you how do you handle it? Um, so I, I think that this year we've, we have um, a really stacked catching position. Um, I think this is the deepest the catching position has been in years, and that's because there's a lot of good young talent that has entered into the the catching ranks. Um, but I don't think that you should wait too long to get a catcher because, you know, I don't necessarily think that you should you should have Travis Darno or Sean Murphy as your starting catcher. Um, but again, it's a value proposition, and um, if a guy falls say a round or two beyond where, you know, maybe you wouldn't have drafted a guy like Will Smith or, 
even a guy like Yasmani Grandal in the third round, but if they fall to the sixth, fifth, and sixth round, okay, I kind of have to grab this guy now. Um, so yeah, it's all about value. But um, I, I don't think you're you're wrong for grabbing a catcher late because there's a lot of a lot of value. It just seems like it's a little bit deeper this year, especially with some of the new rookies coming up. I mean, we've been dealing with a catching position in baseball now that has just kind of been barren the last couple of years, especially with Buster Posey now retiring and Yadier Molina most likely on his last maybe season. We aren't totally sure yet, but they're starting. the youth is starting to come in. And for example, I mean, just outside of our top, you know, outside of our top 10, we have Alejandro Kirk, who's a young up-and-comer, Carson Kelly, um, Joey Bart is another really strong one. And then MJ Melendez and Gabriel Moreno outside. I mean, realistically, by the end of next year, those guys could all be in the top 10. I think Alejandro Kirk is, is a guy that could be top five if he gets the playing time. And as we've mentioned with him before, he is not your traditional catcher. He is 5'8", 260 pounds. He is massive. He is a That's massive, a That's massive a big dude. Um, so he's probably going to be more like a DH, and yes, he has uh, catcher eligibility this year. So that's a guy that that if I'm waiting past the top 10, that's a guy I'm grabbing without a doubt. Even if you do grab a guy in the top 10, Kirk is a guy that you should want even at a utility spot because if he gets playing time, he's going to hit the crap out of the ball. He has a, a, fit, a hard hit rate near 50%. He hits the ball in the air, um, and he only strikes out about 12 to 13% of the time, which means – He's putting the ball in play a lot and probably going to hit for, you know, a decent average. I love it, man. Why don't we just start getting into number 10. So the 10th best catcher in fantasy baseball this year, we think, is Mitch Garver of the Minnesota Twins. If he can stay healthy, Garver could finish in the top five with the amount of damage that this guy does at the plate. His only issue is health. In 2019, he hit 31 home runs in 93 games. In 2021, he hit 13 home runs in 68 games. The power is real. And he's a huge power threat who will most likely hit you for a 240 average. That's pretty good in fantasy baseball. And I, like I said, if he stays healthy, he could legit enter this top five. He's going to drive in runs as one of the mainstays in this Twins lineup. Probably not going to score a ton of runs, but the potential for 30, 35 home run power, even 40 if he played a full 162. I mean, he hit 31 home runs in 93 games. Mitch Garver is, he's that dude. You mentioned that he hit 31 home runs in 359 plate appearances. That's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Garver's a great choice there at the, at the 10, 10 ranking. Um, this is a guy, fantasy aside, who had 137 WRC plus and a 385 X Woba last season. I mean, those are all, all numbers that are at the top of the catching list. And obviously those numbers aren't necessarily important to us, you know, in a five by five league. Um, but yeah, absolutely. This is a guy that could hit 250 to 260, 35 home runs and, the Twins lineup is not the best, but he should probably be hitting in the, the top half of that. Um, so, yeah, we could see 65 runs in RBIs here easily. Um, so, yeah, great, great pick. And if he, if, if he puts up a healthy season, it's going to look similar to what Salvi's going to put up. but Not on the RBI side. <laughs> don't get not that on aggressive. the rbi side because salvi's salvi's <laughs> gonna get you 120 yeah. rbis so you're right not not close to that but i'm just talking power potential because if this guy can just stay healthy and i know i said it 
probably five times, but that just goes to show how much I believe it. So I, you know, if if you're looking down there and you see Mitch Garver and and you like the rest of your team, you're like, oh, I have a lot of solid guys who I really think, you know, no injury history, a lot of guys who I know are going to make it. Mitch Garver is a good one to get kind of near the end of those rounds and say, you know what? I agree. I think he's a great flyer there at 10. That leads us into our number nine ranked catcher, Adley Rutschman, who has not played a single major league game to this day. He's going to be a rookie in 2021, um, and he should make the opening day roster. So his slash line last season between double A and triple A was 285, 23 home runs, 86 runs, 75 RBIs and three stolen bases, but he did get caught stolen, caught stealing four times. So I don't think he's necessarily going to be a threat on the uh, bases in the at the major league level. But you know he could steal you, you know maybe three or four throughout the year. Um, but he's a tough one to project, right? So rookies are tough to project. We haven't seen him hit at the major league level yet, and even can't miss prospects struggle when they come up. We saw Jared Kalanick first 200 plate appearances he had a 48 wrc plus he hit 153 with only five home runs but he went through that growing pain and the last 180 plate appearances hit 250 with nine home runs and the power soared through right so even if you're taking adley rutschman um he might not produce for you for the first month or the first two months but that back half of the season you know he's gonna rake Absolutely, you know, he's going to rake. And I'm just excited to see Adley Rutschman just generally play. I mean, he's the number one prospect in baseball, number two, number three, depending on which outlet. Um, I would like to, you know, give a good plug out to the Just Baseball Top 100 that Aram makes, Top 100 prospects in baseball. Um, And Adley Rutschman is currently our number two or number three prospect on that rank. Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez, whoever you want to take, they're all fantastic Adley is going to be one of the best catchers in baseball one day. And I think the only reason that he's at nine and maybe not at two or three, quite honestly, is just because we aren't totally sure how much he's going to play when the Orioles are going to bring him up. Do they bring him up after Super 2? Yep. Do they bring him up in June? We aren't yeah, really sure. Yeah, and I think yet. it's just like with any rookie, right? You never – it does take time for some of these guys to make that transition. We even saw that with, with Wander Franco. I mean, like, for the first – three weeks that Wanda Franco was up he was he was struggling we he was striking out more than he ever had yeah and once he got over that you know that hurdle he was Wanda Franco again but yeah you might have to sit him on your bench for a few weeks or even a month or two um, at the beginning of the year and that's why he's at nine but he has the talent of a top five guy absolutely absolutely so let's get into another rookie that we do think is going to get more legit playing time which is the eighth best fantasy catcher Kiebert Ruiz of the Washington Nationals so we've seen glimpses of stardom for Kiebert Ruiz the new catcher for the Nats but to start it off he might have the best bat to ball skills of any of these catchers we could see him hit hit between the 270 to 280 batting average range with 15 to 20 home runs and he's not going to steal you any bags but you can expect enough runs and, uh, and enough RBIs to make him a legitimate top 10 catcher He's slated to start the year as the Nationals catcher, and with the way that they need to rebuild, they'll give him every possible chance 
they need to succeed because they need Kiebert Ruiz to really be that guy moving forward. I'm excited for what we're going to see. We had, we haven't seen a ton, but what we saw was a guy who wasn't striking out only at nine percent. Doesn't really matter. For no, I think baseball, it does though. I think it's that, good for that if you don't strike out, you yes, exactly. higher batting average. But yeah, go on. Sorry, Pete, I cut you off there. Exactly. No, 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 you're all good. And it's just the fact that he's walking still at a seven and a half percent compared to 9.4%. I love that. I think he's going to hit for some power. I know he only hit three home runs last year, but it was in a very small sample size. I Zips and the, a lot of these projection systems have him between 15 to 20 home runs hitting at a 270 to 280 rate. That's a really good catcher. And those projection systems could be under be underrating him a little bit. We just haven't seen a ton. So we could see Kiebert Ruiz, another guy who could vault into the top five by the end of this year. But right now we have Yeah, I mean, he hit 21 home runs in 316 uh, AAA plate appearances last season. So there, there's no lack of power here. He hasn't shown it at the MLB level yet, but I think it, it will come through eventually. I think the other interesting thing here is that the Nationals are not going to be a great team next year. Their lineup is pretty bad. But who he has hitting in front of him is important, right? He has Juan Soto and Josh Bell likely hitting in front of him. He'll probably hit in the four or five spot. They're going to have to pitch to him. They're going to have to pitch to Kyber. And yes, that, will. that will definitely definitely be uh, a useful, useful trait for him next year. Absolutely. I'm just excited, man. I want to see these rookies play. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. I think Kybert, Adley, even when Francisco Alvarez comes up, like all these, this next wave of catchers is so, so, so good. Um, but that leads us so into sad. number seven um, is a guy that at one time was a top prospect and has kind of, kind of, you know, lost his shine as a top prospect. It's Tyler Stevenson of the Cincinnati Reds. So his slash line last year was 286 with 10 home runs, 56 runs, and 45 RBIs. Um, one knock on him, one potential knock, is he had a 346 WOBA versus a 324 X WOBA, and he didn't hit the ball necessarily you know, hard, 38%, which is about league average, and he had a lot of ground balls. Um, but this is a guy that's going to hit for high average because of those ground balls, right? So he's going to hit an average probably close to 260, 270, and he's a mainstay in that lineup now. He's gonna hit. He's gonna have 500 plate appearances, easy. Um, and, and then that's one thing you have to value for a catcher is the amount of plate appearances they get. And I know you love Stevenson, so I want to kind of give you the floor and for you to hype him up because I'm kind of being devil's advocate here. It, it's funny. It's it's really it's more of an eye test thing because you're right with the hard hit rate but then for me it's like whenever i watch tyler stevenson i'm like he, i feel like he's barreling everything up when you say the ground ball rate i'm like well i'm not seeing him hit ground balls i'm seeing him hit line drives i like his i like his mentality of the play he looks good he looks like a good baseball player i i just i've always liked him and it's it's hard coming because you kind of gave me this the stats argument but i i just think tyler stevenson is a really solid player that's all you That's got. all I got for you. <laughs> I, I, I know you, you, you teed me up and I was like, well, you went through all of it, but I'm like, I just that's really fair, like him. I, that's I, I, I think, I, that's I all I got for me, you. I might lean towards taking uh Kiebert here over Stevenson. Um, and it's really just because of, you know, I think Stevenson could have a breakout, but um, it just is always concerning to me when a guy hits 50% ground balls. It's always concerning. This is probably a spot where I don't think I it's think wrong to have him ranked at seven here, but this is probably where I'm like, I don't think I'm going to take him in a draft as the seventh-ranked catcher, if that makes any sense. That makes sense. 
I I would personally, um, because I just think it's more of a guarantee, just more than these rookies. Exactly. Um, but I I agree. If you if you went if you went Ruiz, you went Rutschman over Stevenson. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad pick. I think they're all kind of in the same tier. I think Stevenson's yep. the safest. They all have question marks. Out of those three, just because I think you know what you're going to get. But Stevenson is going to hit you some home runs. And um, Stevenson's yep. also proven that he can stay healthy um, for a considerable amount of time. And they don't have a pretty valuable. There's nobody the there to back him up. So he's going to get a ton of plate appearances. Tyler Stevenson's yeah. playing. A that's ton. the point. No more Tucker Barnhart. So... L- Let's break into the number six catcher, which is Dalton Varsho of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Power, speed, Dalton Varsho has it all. It might be surprising to hear his name so early, but I think Colby and I, we could argue that he's a top five guy when it comes to fantasy. And you may not know the name, but as a, because he was a rookie last year for the Diamondbacks. But this guy hits for power between 15 to 20 home runs. He's going to steal 10 bases. Yes, stolen bases from a catcher. You can get it from Dalton Varsho. And he's going to hit between in the 250 to the 260 range when it comes to batting average. I just think he's a really solid option. And he's one of the few guys out of all catchers who can legitimately check every single box. Yeah, I think the really exciting thing here with uh, Varsho is that he has the chance. I'm not saying this is going to happen. Um, but he has the chance to play almost every day because he plays catcher, but he also plays outfield. Last season, he played 41 games behind the dish, and he played 54 in the outfield. Um, so on days that he's not catching, he could he could realistically that's play bad. in the outfield. And if he's a guy that's going to push 600 plate appearances from the catching position, that's incredibly value, uh, valuable along with stealing those bags. So if he's stealing 10 to 12 to even 15 bags if he's playing you know, almost every day, which I'm not saying is, is a guarantee, um, but that's one of those things you got to look at that Dalton Varsho is basically all upside here. Um, and I think he's a great, great draft selection. He, his ADP right now is 95. So he's a top 100 player right now by ADP. Wow. And, uh, you know, he's one of those names that you're going down your fantasy draft boards and you're like, oh, this guy is this high? Like, no shot. I'm taking him. Arizona Diamondbacks rookie. What are you talking about? Well, he was a rookie last year, but second year guy. I mean, what are we what are we talking about? Dalton Varsho, who is that? But wait, he could be a guy who's actually really good. And if he starts sliding in your league, maybe you're playing with some guys who maybe have never watched the Arizona Diamondbacks and don't even know who that is. Wait and be the guy who takes him. It's not going to be a sexy, a sexy pick. pick. Your friends are going to tell you who who yeah. the hell is that, and but you're going to be the guy. This is or girl, this is a player that's sharp, that very very sharp. Fantasy players are all over. Um, and and so if you're you're playing in a league that isn't maybe the sharpest, this is a guy that you should absolutely absolutely keen in on. Yeah. And we we were having arguments about him being in the top five, but I think our fifth guy has just been so consistent for so long. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there's any edge. any problem here. So the number five guy is Wilson Contreras of the Chicago Cubs, who has been a mainstay at the catching position for you know probably four to five years now. Last year his slash line was two thirty seven with twenty one home runs, sixty one runs, fifty seven RBIs, and we talk about that speed factor. He had five stolen bases last year. Um, the other really, really awesome thing for Contreras last year, he had a career-high hard hit rate, 48%. Um, 
And as I was saying before, a lot of that was on the ground. So it was a 50% ground ball rate, which isn't the best. But if you're hitting the ball 48% of the time hard, um, he can make a change and, and decrease that ground ball rate. And you never know. He could hit 25 bombs next year. But I think Wilson Contreras is about as safe as it gets. And he should be hitting, you know, in the two to three spot in that Cubs lineup. Absolutely. I just think Wilson Contreras is is one of the most consistent catchers that you're ever going to get, and that's sometimes more worthy of a draft selection because I know what I'm going to get. Yeah, the, when it comes the, to the sample Contreras, size you know on Contreras versus Varsho is much broader, much broader. I mean, how many seasons has Contreras played, right? Five years now in the bigs, um, and he's hit well in every single one of those years. I'm also curious to see if – he gets traded um, because he's been on the trade. That I'm wonder. Let's say he gets moved to more of a contender, deeper lineup that could lead to more runs, lead to more RBIs. And I think Wilson Contreras checks the speed bags a little bit. I mean, he's getting up there in age. I don't know how much he's going to run, but I know he's going to run more than most of the catchers because <laughs> most, most of the catchers yeah, aren't running at all. Five or six stolen bases is such a cherry on top of what Wilson Contreras is going to get you. Absolutely. Let's talk number four. That's Yasmani Grandal of the Chicago White Sox. Colby, the guy shits on baseballs. No other way around it. He's one of the most disciplined hitters in baseball as well. But fantasy baseball doesn't really care about walks, but he does walk more than he strikes out to go shows how great of a hitter Yasmani Grandal is. But what we do care about is the 23 home runs in 93 games last year and that 240 batting average for a catcher, which is solid. And then combine that with an improving White Sox offense. He's going to score a bunch of runs. He's going to drive them in. Yasmani Grandal might be one of the safest options in fantasy baseball and should definitely be drafted in the top five. Because I think our top four, this is definitive. And then between five, six, seven, you know, eight, nine, you could make a couple tweaks here and there. But these are the four. And yeah. Yasmani Grandal love starts it Grandal, off at man. four. Oh my God, I love him. Um, he did miss two months last year with an injury, came back and hit 337 over his final 129 plate appearances. Um, in 2018 and 2019, he finished with over 550 plate appearances in each of those. So if he can replicate a year, obviously he's getting up there in age. He's 32 now, I think, 32 or 33. Um, but if he can hit, if he can go to the plate 500 to 550 times again, I would not be shocked to see Grandall hit 30 to 35 home runs. And to push 90 to 95 runs and RBIs in a stacked White Sox lineup. Stacked. Luis stacked. Robert. Timmy A. Jose Abreu. To name a few. Andrew Vaughn even. Eloy Jimenez. Dude. Oh, what a lineup. Yohan Mankata. It's such a good lineup. And even so Magical. Good. Even when Magical so comes back, that's a, that's a... Oh, no, Magical's on the Cubs. What am I saying? Magicals on the Cubs, unfortunately. They no, well, they had um, Cesar Hernandez, but I don't think he's yeah, there anymore. No, gross. Anyways, that brings us into the number three catcher, who, if you're going by ADP, is actually ranked as the number two catcher, JT Realmuto. So this guy has been around for a minute. He could even be argued as the best overall catcher when you're factoring in defense. Um, but last season, he had a somewhat down year, 263 batting average, 17 home runs, 64 runs, 73 RBIs, and 
13 stolen bases from the catching position. That's in 537 plate appearances. He basically plays every single day. Um, so you're not going to find stolen base stolen bases outside of our show at the catching position, which makes his stock incredibly high, even though you're not going to be getting, you know, 90 RBIs, 90 runs from Real Muto. But I think that the Phillies offense will improve next season. Um, and in, you know, he, in 2019, he hit 25 home runs, 92 runs, and 83 RBIs. So that ceiling is there for Real Muto. I could see a bounce back. What do you think? I agree. I think he's going to bounce back as well. Um, I think he's been kind of dealing with some stuff, some injuries. and I, I, I'm just fully confident that JT Ramuto is going to come back and be the JT Ramuto of old. Maybe not quite as good, but still definitely a top three catcher. I just wouldn't take him over our top two. Um, I think, you know, I'm about to get into number two and number one, but I think those are clear in a way or two. So if you can get our number two catcher before JT Romuto, I would, but I also wouldn't let JT Romuto fall that far. But when we're talking about so right JT now, his Romuto, ADP like, is set at 52, him? which I think is like, honestly, pretty fair price. If you can get him, you know, in the, the 60 to 70 range in between 60 and 70, I'm jumping the bit there. Um, our number two catcher's ADP is 62. One reason I like our number two catcher over Real Muto, Real Muto, again, hits ground balls 50% of the time. So you're not going to get that that upside of 30 home runs, of as many RBIs, because Real Muto just does not hit the ball in the air enough. You, what if you are listening to not gambling advice, you're going to listen to the show for a while and you're going to realize Colby hates ground balls, hates them. I don't like them either, but Colby hates them. The number two catcher in fantasy baseball for 2022, we think, is Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Will Smith is, and in my opinion, the best overall catcher in baseball, but he clocks in at number two in our fantasy baseball rankings. He's got 25 to 30 home run power. And he's not going to ding you in the batting average department. He's probably going to finish around 260, maybe even 270. He's going to score runs. He's going to drive in runs in that potent Dodger lineup. And he even stole three bases last year. Will Smith has put up a 130 WRC plus in each of his first three seasons. That doesn't matter in fantasy, but what it does show is how elite of an offensive weapon Will Smith is. He's elite, and he's only getting better at 26 years old. Are you in the boat? I think that the Will argument Smith can be made that Will Smith is the best overall catcher. I think it's, you know, it's him, it's Real Muto, and Grandal when you factor in defense. But you know who hates fly balls, Peter? Will Smith hates fly, I mean, ground balls, ground balls. He hates who? ground balls, hates <laughs> ground balls. He only hit 31% yeah. ground balls last year, one of the highest fly ball rates. He hits the ball hard in the air. This is a guy that could hit. 30, 35, even 40 home runs because he just has that much power. Um, he can have an ISO close to 300. I think he has that capability. Uh, this is a guy, if he got in the weight room this offseason, he could come out with a vengeance this year. And in a stacked Dodger lineup, you're looking at 30 home runs, 90 runs, 90 RBIs with a batting average that you know is going to be 250 to 270, somewhere in that range. He is about as can't miss as you get, I think, here. Absolutely, Camus. He's the catcher that I am securely targeting. If I don't get Will Smith, 
I'm most likely going to look for Mitch Garver later at the number 10 position, but I, I want Will Smith. His ADP or, is 62, man. Like, this is a guy that you're going to get in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, like that's – So that leads us in – That's who I want. To our and number one guy, who I think is pretty obvious here. It's Salvador Perez of the Kansas City Royals. His ADP is currently 33, so much, much higher than Real Muto and Smith. His slash line last year is – is insanity if his defense wasn't so bad we would be talking about salvador perez last year as as a potential mvp candidate i mean it was that good 273 48 bombs 88 runs 121 rbis and one stolen base the guy got one bag i love it um he tied the major league record i mean major league lead in home runs and this is coming off of a 2020 season in, in which he hit 333 with 11 bombs and a 300 iso which is isolated power, so it just factors in extra base hits. Um, and the power is here to say he had 270 ISO last year and a 56% hard hit rate, which was second only behind Aaron Judge. He is firmly, firmly the best catcher wow. in baseball from a fantasy perspective. Absolutely. It's Salvador Perez's league, and we're just all living in it when we're talking about fantasy baseball. The dude rakes to epic proportions. I mean, that was a Mike Piazza-type season he had. And, like, in Mike Piazza's best years, 48 home runs from a catcher, you don't see that. But most likely, we won't see it again. I don't think he's going to hit 48 home runs again. But these are now, like, even you're saying going back to 2020, these are consistent, elite offensive years. I could still easily see 40. I could easily see 100 RBIs. I could see easily 270. And if that's well, like a baseline the, the that other thing that's for, so amazing no doubt, about Salvi, baseball. he missed one game last year. He played every single game except one as a catcher, right? He's obviously playing DH for some of those. But the cool thing here is that you have Salvi, and he's a catcher, and he's going to play some DH. You have MJ Melendez, who's coming up, who can actually spell him behind the dish which could in turn actually help him at the plate. If Salvi's playing more DH, he can focus more at the plate. He'll stay healthier. He is a lock at number one, not only because of how good he is at the plate, because of his ability to play every single day at the catching position, which no other catcher does. Nobody else does it. Nobody else does it. Well, we thank you for tuning in to Not Gambling Advice, checking out our top 10 catchers. Top 10 first base will be next week. Headline by, and we're not going to tell you. you got to wait for the list, but you can find our top 10 and top 30 catchers on JustBaseball.com. Colby and I are going to come up with the write-ups before the end of the week, so you'll be able to find all of that, again, on JustBaseball.com. You can also get your Just Baseball merch in the episode description I'm Colby Olson. of this That's podcast. That's Peter Apple. I Colby, hate round balls. We head out? Have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, everybody.